What do you think of this vote today, the New York City Council potentially overriding the veto of the How Many Stops bill, which requires cops to document all their interactions with members of the public? How do you think that vote's going to go today in terms of Adam's veto and then the council potentially overriding he that veto? He is going to get the smackdown of his life. He has no control over what happens in D.C. Biden has smacked him down. Uh, the legislature in Albany has smacked him down. He will lose this vote 41 8. Mm. Now, you know how I know that? They just adjourned. There were no abstentions. Normally, you do abstentions when you, you I don't want to take one side or the other. Right. You'll vote present or something like that. Yeah, you know, abstain. They did that the last time. There yeah. were a few abstentions. Right. So it's going to be, according to Curtis Lee with Karnak to Magnificent. Oh, he's, he's holding the envelope to his head. 41 8. They will override Eric Adams. That's a bigger number than they passed the legislation with. Yeah, he suggested that he had he only had to get like about ten votes to to. He only had to flip two, and I tell you, there were others who had already voted with him who flipped on him. Hmm. He is so inept. He doesn't know how to be an administrator in the city. He's out there doing press conferences. We're taking right-alongs. It was all fake. He should have been having one-on-one sit-downs. Okay, what do you need in your district? Let's make a deal. Right, Monty Hall? Here's door one, door two, door three, okay? He didn't do that. He, according to my own calculations, and I could be wrong, will lose in an embarrassing fashion 41-8. He had all the media on his side, all the editorials on his side, everybody... Uh, this WABC, oh, the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion, oh, Bill Bratton, huh? it ain't going to matter. This guy is inept. He doesn't know how to be mayor. Now, imagine, I may have to apologize for all of this, right? What an apology that would be. He'll probably march in here with his army of defenders. He must retract. He must apologize. Right now, I say the vote. Mark this on the tape. I'm writing it down. 41 8. Hey, Rich, uh, everyone on the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion, oh, this is an outrage. Let me tell you something. This is gonna, the cops are going to have to do entries. When do they ever not look into their, their, their cell phones, their iPhones? They're always looking into their iPhones. So they won't do it. But nobody's interested in corrections. I posted a video on that. Noam Layden played what I posted on the video in the 5 o'clock news hour. But, oh, not you, James Flippin. So we'll save that to the end. We'll save that to the end. I've had it with you, Flippin. Get the hell out of here. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. This is the Riffin' Read, featuring Curtis Lewa. Now, to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Riffin' Read. Could be going off the rails here. Wrong way, Lou Rafino. Hit the breaking news. Hit the breaking news. Boy, Rico Radabali, you can rat me out to the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion because I'm putting everything on the line. Breaking news. WABC. Karnak, the magnificent, best known as Curtis Lee, who knows where all the bones are buried and who buried them. 
says that the vote in city council today will be a resounding slapdown of Eric Adams. 41 will side to override his veto. Only eight will side with him, no abstentions. Now, remember, Curtis, you know what John said. If you are wrong, you are gone. Yeah. You see that, Rico Radabali? I'm putting everything on the line. Again, 41-8, no abstentions. Uh, And I'll explain at the end of the show why he does not have the support that he thought he had. Mr. $5,000 customized suit, everybody loves me. Oh, what a failure this is. But worse than any failure of Eric Adams, who has had so many, the MTA money-taking agency has really become a laughingstock on every social networking platform, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, because every time they try a new venture to slow down or eliminate fair evasion, they fail miserably. Uh, Nancy, who joins me every Tuesday and Thursday on the Rip and Read to do the deep dive as the e-attorney, uh, explained to me the latest scam, I mean the latest scheme of the MTA to stop fair evasion. Well, apparently subway emergency exit gates at select stops will open on a delay as part of a pilot program aimed at deterring what the MTA officials are calling the super highway of fare evasion, the emergency exits. Oh, the emergency exits. The emergency exits (laughs) are there should there be an emergency on the tracks within the system itself. Well, yeah, so their genius idea is to implement a 15-second delay for exit through the doors. So apparently this is going to stop other people from coming in the other way. I'm not sure how, but um, it certainly will prevent people from leaving should there actually be an emergency. This is crazy. It's the purpose of an emergency door. So you can get the hell out of there as quickly as possible. Like what happens if a guy is trying to slash you, grab you, rape you? You got to wait 15 minutes, 15 seconds to get through that door, that gate. And what's interesting is, so the the head of the MTA's capital program committee, this is someone named Torres Springer, said, introducing the delayed egress, we maintain the emergency exit capacity while making it more difficult to open on a regular basis. How? That's the exact opposite of doing that. Okay, so let's assume there's an emergency of some type. Fire, which they have often fire on the tracks because they don't pick up the garbage on the tracks. And I've been in some of the stations. It gets really smoky. For me, I'm you know, I'm a smoke eater, but a lot of people are terrified, so they, they flee. Uh, what can they depend on? What kind of response from the MTA other than delaying their departure for 15 seconds? Well, apparently the the uh, spokesperson for the MTA said that they chose these particular pilot stations because of the fact that there's token booth clerks there. So in the event of an emergency, there's actually staff that can help while the doors are locked. Wait a second. The token booth clerks... Never leave the token booth unless they have to go to the bathroom. And I still don't know where they go to the bathroom. Remember, they were all over the city, right? They, they didn't eliminate token booth clerks. You know, they said, oh, they're going to be station managers. They won't be in the token booth clerk uh, uh, bunker any longer. They, they never leave the token booth uh, unless they got to go to the bathroom. And I'm trying to figure out where do they go to the bathroom. I mean, you can't find bathrooms. 
Well, I mean, certainly in the case of an emergency, if they're exiting the booth, I have a feeling they're going to be bypassing all the passengers and just running now, away I from think, them. I uh, think they use the traditional, the king of talk radio, Bob Grant approach. He always used to have a bottle in the studio with him so that when he had to um, eliminate the liquid out of his uh, system, it would go right into the bottle. In fact, Rico Radabali knows that well. He was the producer at that time. But anyway, so this is another expenditure of money. I guess this came about, what, with a think tank? Uh, How did they devise this nonsense? Well, I mean, again, now this is just part of uh, them brainstorming. Now, this is in addition to the idea of deploying more cops and private security, which unfortunately really don't have any effect because they don't stop anybody. Um, But, you know, you're, you're missing the obvious fact, right? These emergency gates, aside from being there for emergencies, usually are used by riders who have disabilities or people with packages or strollers. There's only um, like a few stations that have the ability for people to go through freely with the newer sort of turnstiles. So you're going to be in a tough position if you have to wait for that time. Now imagine there is an emergency going on. Emergency just be maybe some crazy person on this on the subway station coming after you, and now you have a delayed ability to get out of the station. This is nuts. And then this comes on the heels of uh, close to a million dollars they spent. On the turnstiles, state-of-the-art turnstiles at the Sufton Boulevard station, which connects you on the E-train to the train to the plane that'll take you to JFK. There are three different ways now on TikTok that you can evade paying your fare easier than you can with the old system. Well, and actually, and to your point with that, so for this new um, you know, uh, uh, pilot program they have with the emergency doors, another sort of thing to have your mind put at ease is that there is a way to override the 15-second delay in the emergency exit, which means that probably it'll take about 24 hours for a rider to figure that out, and then it goes up onto social media, and everyone knows how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then all oh, this crackerjack brain trust at the MTA money-taking agency, who don't even use the system, by the way. They don't even use the system. have come to the conclusion of why the F train went off the rails before it hit West 8th Street and Brighton, Right before the last stop, Coney Island, Stillwell Avenue. Uh, it took them many, many hours to put together 1,258 pages of a study. And what was their conclusion, Nancy? Well, uh, first of all, it's, it was a two-pronged issue. One was that the, the tracks were uneven, and the other thing is apparently there were some bolts missing. There were bolts missing? Yeah, <laughs> that are supposed to hold the arm of the, of the train on, a, a, a key suspension component. They were just missing. They don't know where they went. That was like the other day. What was it, JetBlue, that was missing some <laughs> bolts in the wing? Uh, but our crack president of the MTA, leave it to him. What the hell is his name again? Um, uh, well, per- uh, Davey. Of, yeah, Davey. yeah. Uh, a guy of no consequence. He came to the conclusion that, in fact... There is a reason that so many trains have gone off the track. You know, the track needs to be straight in order for uh, a train to, uh, to run run on top of it safely and, and without uh, a slow speed derailment as we had here. So we're going to look at that and see. <laughs> he was right. The tracks do need to be straight, apparently. <laughs> uh, now I see uh, they've put in some new emergency uh, gates. At the Clark Street Station in uh, Lower Brooklyn, which we will be visiting tomorrow, we will be doing a video. We will be testing it out. This, remember, are the safety gates 
that were first installed at 191st Street up on the number one train up in Washington Heights Inwood to a great deal of derision, laughter, people saying, oh, my God, uh, they still have wet paint on a gate that doesn't even cover the entire platform area from top to bottom, which is the way they do it in London subway system, the way they do it in Tokyo subway system. But apparently, I guess they ran out of money because they're doing it the low budget way. Yeah, and apparently, so the the one that they just installed in, in the Clark Street station, there's already footage of it from riders on social media, probably one of the reasons that they want to crack down on social media, um, and showing that when the doors open, it literally blocks half of the door. And again, now keep in mind, these um, barriers, they don't even go to the edge of the platform. So when you get out, you don't just go straight. You could technically go right or left and then be between the barrier and the subway car, which is even more dangerous. So, And, and they acknowledge that they don't line up perfectly because different subway cars have doors in different places. So they know it, going in, it was not going to work properly. So Nancy Sliwa and Curtis Sliwa will be at Clark Street tomorrow <laughs> as I will be testing out the proficiency of the platform guard in every in each way imaginable, we'll do a video. We'll post it for all of you to check out. Oh yeah, and also the the third place that they plan on putting this is in the West Eighth Street, the Coney Island, which is the same place that we just spoke about. So you you will have safety barriers on the platform, but you just might not make it there because the train's going to fall off the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> they and these idiots. It waste millions of our dollars at J Street Borough Hall, downtown Brooklyn. All these top flight executives, they have limousines, you know, Jeeves drives them around. They don't use the very system. I mean, they don't use the LIRR. They're responsible for that. They don't use Metro North. They don't use the subway system. They don't use the bus system. And I will tell you this, Andrew Evilized Cuomo, I hold him responsible, even though he hasn't been in office in a long time, thank God. But right before the lockdown and pandemic, he had procured money to hire 500 MTA cops. These are not NYPD cops. They're not part of the transit police. They're separate. They generally guard property. But these 500 cops were going to have the specificity uh, assignment of being assigned at the turnstiles to prevent fair evasion. And they never did it. It was all promises, promises. You see, guys like Cuomo and Adams and all these politicians, they really all think that all of you are stupid. They have a press conference and they say, oh, you'll remember that I promised something, but I never delivered. Not. Again, he never did anything about it. Yeah, I mean, and keep in mind, in terms of these uh, subway barriers, they were speaking about this for almost two years. They delayed finding a contract for it until they got, you know, so much political pressure. And they acknowledged, we don't think these are going to serve any purpose, but we're getting a lot of pressure. So right away in December, they found someone who I'm not even sure. I'm still trying to figure out who, who got, got these contracts. And within... Within a month, they already have several of them up. So it shows you, again, the workmanship is not that on on point. Speaking of contracts, the city controller, Brad Lander, was cold busted by the New York Post. Uh, While driving his own car, he has been a chronic scofflaw, both before he became a a city controller and now. And he goes, you got me. Well, there ought to be a penalty. He ought to be forced to ride the subway system. I think if you're in elected office... You should be forced to use the subway system and the buses and not have uh, uh, bodyguards as uh, the controller would have with the brand new uh, Chevy Suburban SUVs to drive you around as if it was a chariot. 
you should have to use the mass transit that you say needs congestion pricing to keep mass transit going. You can't just do as I say, do as I do. Hey, Brad Lander, it's time for you to actually ride the subway, maybe for the very first time in your life. Check this out. It's the Riff and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking about this is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Oh, Eric Adams, you don't know how to be mayor. You don't know how to sit behind a desk. You don't know how to administer the city. And you certainly don't know how to make deals that are in the best interest of we, the taxpayers. You know how to make deals that are in your best interest when you want to get wine, dined and pocket line. So once again, I have walked a tightrope as I have many times before, and I notice you're under a great deal of duress. Nancy Sliwa, who always keeps me from going over the edge. Now, what is it that John Katsimatidis and I have agreed to? What What is this? Thing? Well, he, John has said that if you are wrong, you are gone. If I am wrong, I am gone. And Rich Radabali, he's licking his lips because as producer of the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion where they've been screaming and hollering and hooting and not really understanding what's going on in the city. How could they? How could they? I am telling you right now, there are those who had voted with the mayor previously who will vote against him. And the vote will come down to 41 uh, to override his veto. That is a tremendous slap in his face. Only eight who will stand with him. And that's uh, the common sense caucus. I mean, that's it. Uh, And no abstentions. Abstention is the easiest way of saying I'm not going to choose either side. I'm here, but I'm abstaining. A resounding setback and defeat. Now, just imagine if I'm wrong on this. Will it will it be a retraction, an apology, a suspension, Wait, or I'm, an excommunication? I'm confused. I thought he was only vying for two votes. So how how did it turn into this? Because, Nancy, I've said it a million times here. This guy never sits down one-on-one and makes deals with city council people Whereas everybody else is, and at the end of the show, you want to listen. I'll tell you why they decided to bolt against him, even his supporters, because they think he's going to the big house. Highly likely. Oh, yeah. But anyway, uh, the one issue that would guarantee that he can be defeated if he doesn't go to jail in the next election cycle is the illegal aliens who are pouring in. And there are a number of stories talking about how many of them have reverted to crime because we knew that was going to take place. We knew it. It was like uh, I I was saying it here on a regular basis. And now we have them out there pickpocket and jostling. Can you give us the latest? Yeah, so this is, you know, not pickpocketing like you would think about in the traditional sense, um, you know, walking through Times Square or something like that. These are... um, Migrant pairs, uh, sometimes three people who are specifically going into um, bars and, you know, sort of engaging the guests maybe for momentary and then pickpocketing them then. 
So they're going into business establishments generally on when they're really busy, like Friday or Saturday nights. Uh, you know, pickpocketing, and you know, people are going to the, uh, you know, the business owners and saying, you know, my money's gone. I had my phone on the counter, like so. There's and it and these business owners are getting really, really frustrated because there's nothing they can do about it. Of course, because remember the illegal aliens brought in by Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens are untouchables. Uh, the police have been told, do not arrest them, do not process them, do not give them disappearance tickets, and the criminal justice system refuses to prosecute them. So the illegals know that now. They, they've seen that. Now, in a way, I think this is, it sounds a little bit like a, a defense by the NYPD. This is an actual quote from them. It's hard enough going after actual New Yorkers committing crimes. Now we have a different subset of people who arrive with no means of support, no means of working or opportunity. I don't see how this should come as a surprise. Excuse me, you schmucks at the NYPD. That sounds wholly inefficient. What do you call staying in a hotel room at $400 a night, three squares, culturally appropriate? We pay for their iPhone, their cell phone, Medical? right? We pay health insurance uh, Kids for can them. go to school. I mean, everything. Everything. The whole nine yards. And the NYPD, yeah, well, what do you expect? I mean, and that justification doesn't fly with, quote-unquote, regular New Yorkers. Or why not just arrest them and turn them over to ICE? And, and they specifically are identifying 100 asylum seekers who are going throughout, you know, uh, lower Manhattan through these bars. So they have a very small field of people. They're well aware of who they are, where they're at, why they don't bring them in. I have no idea. No, because they've been told. They've been told by City Hall, by Eric Adams, mayor of the illegal aliens, you are not to arrest illegal aliens. They are untouchables. As I have said before, I've been outside of half the migrant centers. The uniformed police patrol outside. They are not allowed inside. Imagine this. They are not allowed to go inside of a migrant center. Yeah, I mean, and they downplay a lot of the criminality going on within the centers. But then again, there's no transparency. So we don't really know how much is going on. And then, well, I had broke this story Breaking news, please. Uh, wrong way, Lou Rufino. Two weeks ago, I had reported. Breaking news, WABC. Gangs of illegals were going into the parking lots of major uh, retail establishments like Home Depot, like Target, uh, like B&J Wholesale Outlet, uh, males, females. And they're not there for day labor. That sometimes happens. And they don't generally bother anybody. They are there specifically to hustle, to extort, to intimidate mainly women, especially with children, as they're bringing their packages out, insisting that they're going to assist you by carrying your packages to your vehicle. And I understand that you've had that experience. Yeah, yesterday I was in Sunset Park, uh, not too far from Industry City, and I went to the Home Depot. Now, I've been there a number of times, but just not recently, and... At first, what I thought was it looked like young men almost semi-attacking the people coming out the door. I, I like I, I watched for a second. I didn't know what was going on. Every single um, either individual or, you know, there was older couples, they're bum-rushing them and, you know, aggressively sort of forcing them to say, we're going to help you carry your packages. We're going to do this. And these are young. I mean, they, they look like, you know, young African men. It, it was hard to tell maybe what country they were from, but you know, very aggressively going after people. And I think, you know, they're trying to walk to their cars. And you, when you see the older people, you can you can get the sense of the intimidation they feel when people are approaching them who are younger and telling them, we're going to carry your stuff to the car. They want a gratuity. Exactly, correct. They want a tip. I'll give them a tip. 
get the hell out of my country. Oh, you there. And, and again, that's the Home Depot in Sunset Park. The whole, yeah, correct. I'd say to them, go back to Mauritania, Mali. Go back to Senegal, Chad. Go back to the Sudan, Madagascar, because I've met them all at the Roosevelt Hotel. Get the hell out of my country. If you're going to go out there and shake down Americans and especially, especially target senior citizens and women, because this is an organized gang that does this. They're doing this in Long Island City at the Home Depot there. I mean, and they're following them to the car. So even if you're saying, no, thank you, no, thank you, think how nervous you're going to be when you're unloading your, your stuff into your car and people are, a group of guys are standing around now, you as you're getting into your car. Home Depot makes a lot of money, right? In fact, they're in the black, not the red. You would think they know this. Of course they do, but they don't want to reveal this. Why aren't they hiring professional uh, uh, security officers to make sure that these folks are not hanging out in their private, private parking lots. Well, and it's funny because what happens is you'll have their internal security who makes sure that you have a receipt before you walk out the door and then, you know, swipes it with a pen. But the minute you get out the door, it's like you're on your own. Then let me give you an update on Floyd Manifield. As you know, Mrs. Slew, I was out there in the cold tundra of the Rockaways, not far from Wrong Way, Lou Rufino. And the man who has rediscovered his Jewish roots, Sid Rosenberg from Bell Harbor. I got to tell you, a lot of folks uh, who were neighbors of Sid were stopping in the cars as I was lobbying to close Floyd Bennett Field to actually collapse the tents and get those migrants out of there because nobody seems to be doing that. Nobody. Hey, all, all the elected officials. Yeah, we got a lawsuit. Maquana Mai. What's happening with this lawsuit? Maquana Mai. So I'm out there. And I'm learning that there is a facility right there, Floyd Benefield. The name escapes me momentarily. It's a state-of-the-art sports facility. It's mostly for children and young adults. And they've already put up on the windows, like businesses in New York City do for all of us citizens, no bathrooms. Bathrooms out of order. And then you go inside, and there are all kinds of bathrooms that are working. But they have it in Spanish, no bathrooms. Bathroom was broken no because, because the illegal aliens mm. are walking over there to use bathrooms because the bathrooms next to the tents are not working. And these are brand new bathrooms, meaning they're not, they're not uh, brick and mortar bathrooms. They're porter sands, but they're already broken like they're in a third world country. They put these people in the middle of nowhere in a flood zone. And Eric Adams insists that they stay there. Everybody else, I say, hey, pack your bags, get them out of there. It's not good for women and children. Even Coalition for the Homeless and Legal Aid agree with me for the first time on this issue. For the first time on this issue. Oh, my God, what a mess. But I want to thank the good people of the Irish Riviera, although Wrong Way Lou Rufino was not out there to greet me, and obviously Sid couldn't. Because he was in Israel, but hey, the peeps were out there. We're going to get them. If it's the last thing we do, we're going to close Floyd Benefield. It's the Rip and Read. Talking about. Featuring Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. But well, now I'm gone to Rikers Island. He never won't go to Rikers Island. 
Him used to walk and screw up him face But now he'll spend enough time upstate They used to tell him understand But now them find him with a M1 So it was Curtis Sliwa last night while Eric Adams was styling and profiling and talking about the police, the police. Oh, we, they're going to have to write in additional reports. They're totally forsake, forsaken the correctional officers. On the solitary confinement bill, let me uh, specify to everybody that solitary confinement uh, disappeared from the New York City Correctional Department system uh, when Bill de Blasio was mayor. He discarded that. We haven't had solitary confinement. So that is all a specious argument. The mayor has never spoken on that, has never told uh, the citizens what will now happen because he will be uh, voted over on his veto. Uh, And first and foremost, the most shocking thing that you all need to know not just members of the correctional department. They're right now are 87% minority, 87% mostly black and Hispanic, and mostly female now. Even amongst the male inmates, guarding male inmates, it's mostly female correctional officers who are black and Hispanic. And he has forsaken uh, them, just as he has forsaken black, uh, emotionally disturbed, and homeless people in the streets and decided we're going to take care of illegal aliens, so the rest of you to the back of the bus. And speaking to the back of the bus, uh, I'm sure that many of you have uh, seen movies, documentaries about when guys or gals are removed from a jail in order to go get a court hearing. Now, Nancy, you used to defend uh, the accused in Brooklyn Criminal Court, right? That's correct. Uh, Do you remember sometimes your clients coming off the... uh, Rikers Island jail bus? Yeah, correct. Uh, absolutely. And they'd be in handcuffs, right? Of course. Well, guess what? Rico Radabali, no handcuffs. So you got 30 mutts and skells to get woke up in the morning, in which they don't want to get, where's my Bethfish? Bethfish. Hey, come on. You got a court hearing today. Got to get in the bus. I want my Bethfish. I want, I want two servings of pancakes. And you're mixing Bloods and Crips and Latin Kings and Yetas and MS-13 and Trinidadios because you can't separate them on a bus. And they're not going to be handcuffed any longer. And there's going to be a driver. And there's going to be one security officer, one correctional officer. You can't even control 30 kids on a school bus. Well, how are you going to control these mutts and scouts? Yes, and something tells me that riding on their way to court might put them on edge. Yes. <laughs> Secondly, if any of them decide, you know, I don't like that CEO. I don't like that smile on his face. I'm going to take out the straight edge razor, slash him. Okay, when he gets back to Rikers Island, they said, bad, bad. You should not have done that. You're going to take a timeout for two hours in a separate cell. But now you get to go back into general population in the same tier that you slashed the correctional officer. That's incredible. This is not... Now, you haven't... Did, did the mayor mention that? Nope. That inmates are going to be riding around without handcuffs? I mean, I mean, I don't know how you justify that. Every time I've been locked up, and I've been locked up many times, they handcuff me from behind, they put me in the back of a police car, 
Because there's always the potential that you could bolt. You could attack the police. And to your point, it's for the safety of, of them as well, because you're going to be in an enclosed um, bus where now people can be just going crazy and you have no protection. Uh, well, let me tell you something. Uh, this is Karnak the Magnificent. Please, breaking news here. Breaking news. Okay. Breaking news. WABC. I have predicted the outcome of the vote, which will be a major smackdown to uh, Eric Adams. 41-9, uh, 40-10. How about, how about I give him, I give him one more. What do you think, Rico Rodabaugh? I give him one more. 41-9, I say, I give him one more, that's 40-10. A resounding smackdown of the mayor and the override of his veto, that means more city councilmen would have voted against them including some that voted with him the first time, which suggests that his lobbying is not that effective. Yeah, I think he's going to be so depressed he'll go shopping for a new suit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> with our money, no doubt. $5,000 customized suit. Now, let me explain to you why. Because nobody trusts that the mayor is going to continue to be the mayor. They know that in February, Eric Ulrich goes on trial for political corruption on behalf of Eric Adams fundraising. They know that Eric uh, Ulrich will testify against the mayor because everybody knows they want the mayor and that he may resign or be taken out in chains and shackles, which means that Jumani Williams becomes the uh, replacement mayor, even though it's for only six weeks, Uh, but he could do a lot of harm. And Adrian Adams will remain the speaker of the council and she controls all the money. So they don't even believe that Eric Adams is going to continue to be mayor. So they are jumping ship. This, ladies and gentlemen, will be a tremendous smackdown to the mayor. 